0: well happy new year everybody 2022 where does time go um i hope you've had a really good christmas and new year and that you're recovered from all that's been taking place even though we've had limitations of covid i hope everything has gone well with you and as we look into a new year 2022 where is it going to go and uh today i would just like to share with all our friends and faith life, just one or two things that has been on my mind as we enter into a new year and I would like to focus particularly on the story of the children of Israel entering into their inheritance in Numbers 13 and 14. Here they were at the edge of the promised land and they were all ready to go and Moses sent in some spies to see how things were, 12 of them. And of course you're reading these chapters, um, Moses encouraged them, it's going to be okay. And 10 of of them come back saying there were loads of giants there. And two of them says, well, there's real fruit there. Things are really superb. And uh, let's go in and, and take the land. And so there was a division between the people Um, The giants were too big to never. we could never really do anything about that. But um, there was also um, two of them that said, listen, we can do it. And so as we think of that whole picture um, today um, about entering into our inheritance for, say, this new year, uh, many of us, if not all of us, want to fulfil the will of God in our lives. And it's so important that we actually um, do that. Um, for the children of Israel, it was a time of decision making and, and it was a land God was going to give them and there was no doubt about that at all, but um, they did not quite want to take the risk in a sense to go in and take it because there were enemies there too. But they forgot that part of the land was, you know, was called Cluster Valley, Eshcol. It was a place where there was many vineyards, and that kind of thing and of course if you look at the logo of the israeli tourist board it's a a, a cluster of grapes and so there's a whole picture there of of, of that uh, and people have got to realize that it was a place where where the patriarchs were, were involved many years before and it was a place that that was that was really historic and it was a place that um, was used by god But God sent in um, his words to go and and to do this, but um, they didn't quite get it. And so to the children of Israel at that time, there was a land of grapes and giants. And you know the story after that, they they wandered for many years and they didn't quite go into it because of, of all those situations. Well, as we think of today, in this new year, we are living in challenging times as we seek to fulfil the will of God. Um, where does twenty twenty two going to take us? Um, and I would like to share some guidelines for you today um, from the seven churches in Revelation to keep us alert to focus on on the grapes, not the giants, um, so that we can enter our inheritance in this particular new year. And I found the, the seven churches really quite interesting to see their reactions. Uh, I've been to many churches over the years uh, in this country and other countries too, and some of them are doing really well, and other, others are, are not doing so well. They've difficulties, they've problems, and we've been trying to help them out, and uh, it's good to do that. And so here we are, we've got seven churches in, in the Book of Revelation that the Lord spoke to. And I would like to suggest to you today that five of them focused on giants and two of them focused on the grapes. And my challenge to all of us today as we look into this new year, are we focusing on the grapes or the giants? And so let's go through those particular churches. Let's look at the five that I I feel um, were more focused on, on the giants. The first one is Ephesus. And in this particular church, Um, It was a giant of carelessness. You'll see that in Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. This was a a busy church. It was a hard-working church, but it suffered from heart trouble. They had abandoned their first love. And they displayed work and labour and patience, but these qualities were not motivated by a love for Christ. It became a very secular situation. Because we, we must never forget, as we've been hearing from 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 Mark, that uh, our first love is devotion to Jesus Christ, and this particular church um, was not devoted in that way. If you really are in love, you know you can look back to and look at weddings and see the newlyweds when they get married and they look at each other at the and the wedding day, and oh, they're totally engrossed with each other, they're totally focused on each other. they, they that's that first love. It, it's like the new Christian, um, I, I've had the joy of, of leading many folk to, to the Lord and, and, and to see the joy in their faces when actually they they, they realise by the Holy Spirit of God that, that they found the ultimate in love and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. When we are guilty of that same neglect, then we let the giants take over and that's the challenge to us in this new year. We've heard it all before, we need to hear it again. Someone said this, love is a fabric that never fades, no matter how often it is washed in the waters of adversity or grief. Love is a fabric that never fades, no matter how often it is washed in the waters of adversity and grief. And even though we're involved in with the relationships with the Lord Jesus Christ and were involved with, with um, uh, our own family, there, there are always ups and downs in love. There are always challenges in love. And for the church in uh, in Ephesus, they lost their friend love. So I, I, I challenge each one of us to be alert to that particular giant that comes in every so often. The second one was Pergamum. And in this particular church, it was the giant of Compromise. You'll see that in Revelation 2, 12 to 17. Um, despite their courageous stand against persecution, the Christians in Pergamum let infiltrators come in. The Nicolaitans, they ruled the people. They lorded it over them. Um, there was heavy control there. There were people who were in, in, involved in that way. and And, and that... In that situation the giants took over and, and took care of that you know today folks as we serve god let's not compromise let's not make concessions let's not give up on something there is the fundamentals of our faith that must never be compromised and we see today in many churches and many groups around the world today that people are compromising diluting down the truth and in so doing, we, we lose our our way. The fruit is not there anymore. And compromise has taken in, taken in. So be, be aware of that fact. Um, that, that, of that giant of compromise. Um, in Thyatira, of course, it was the giant of corruption, also. It was the giant of control. Um, you'll see that in Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. Um, the church was permitting. A false prophetess to influence the people to mix their christian faith with other false gods and don't you see today that this is happening a lot jezebel was an idolatrous queen here in this particular story who enticed israel to add baal worship to their religious ceremonies and don't you see that this is something that's been going on for many 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 years where people have endeavored to to bring about the, the things of the world, to bring in the, the religiosity, not the, the, the Christian truth, and in so doing, they've mixed and maxed, um, and that becomes insidious, and eventually, anything goes. Folks, in this day that we're living in, I feel this is one of the situations that we need to be very much aware of, because corruption is coming in there, and, and, and in so doing, um, we, we, we try to please people instead of pleasing God. And my challenge would be to myself as well as you that the giant of corruption is at the door and it would love to take over. But when we come down to the, the, the fourth one and, and, and sadness in sadness and Revelation 3 verses 1 to 6, we see the giant of feebleness, lacking strength, the ineffectiveness the impotence you know the whole area of weakness the church was living on past glory now it's great to look back and and see what's going on uh, and and how god has blessed but i've looked at history and uh, um and and i've seen this fact that many movements have become monuments and in so doing or many churches end up with man-made programs that can never bring life. Uh, I've, I've loved programs. I've loved uh, being involved in that. Uh, I've loved the whole fact of, of people um, coming to help and to, to, to be involved in that. And, and my prayer would be that we've got to watch this particular area where the church begins to lose life and power. Um, and I, I feel today that... Um, we need to be aware of this fact. When when sin is confessed and when we get back to the our first love and the truth uh, and the church gets right with God and with each other, then the spirit infuses new life. It brings revival. When I look back now, I've tried many programs and I remember once I did a big mission when I was pastoring a church down in, in, in Blandford and we brought in great preachers and it was great. The program was great and and I wanted a big thing to, to, to do and and it's not a wrong thing to do that, but but um from that particular mission where hundreds of folk came to the meetings, we we never started to become Christians and we thought, well that was a that was a Bob Kilpatrick man-made thing there. But yet in other cases, when I look back, when the Spirit of God speaks to us as a church and as leadership, um I, I look back when he takes over and when we are actually uh, appreciating the fact that we're moving forward with God. Um, I look back one, in one year when we saw, but uh, for seven months we saw baptismal service every month. Now that that is revival in my, my book. Um, and so be aware of this fact that we can't live in past glory. We give God thanks for all that he has done in the past. And my prayer would be that you would, in so doing, um, be aware of this fact that The giant of feebleness can take over. But also when you go to one of the most famous uh, giants that um, we can see about is is the one in Laodicea where it was the giant of indifference. You see that in in Revelation chapter 3 verses 14 to to 22. Um, We see there that in the Christian life there are three spiritual temperatures. Number one, a burning heart for God. We find that in Luke 24. When, when these people met Jesus on the road to Emmaus and when God began to actually unpack the wonder of, of what happened at the cross and the resurrection, their hearts were burned within them. That's one area um, that really is, is wonderful. The second is a cold heart, like in Matthew 24, verse 12, where when sin is rampant, Love grows cold. When sin comes in, it's not, this is not rocket science, this. When sin comes in, you know, things become cold. There's no burning heart anymore. And and in so doing, we can't go anywhere. And the third one is this, a lukewarm heart. And we see this in Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. We see there, actually, that um, they they were neither cold or hot. Um, a lukewarm Christian is, is comfortable is complacent and does not realise his or her need of God. So complacent. If we are cold, at least we can feel it. Uh, I like a, I like a cold drink, a real cold drink, or I like a real hot drink, but when I drink a lukewarm drink, yuck, it's not very, very nice. A drink that is tepid is flat and stale, and the fire has gone out of it all. And so God is saying to each one of us, watch for the giant of indifference as we move into... To this to this new year. It's so encouraging to realise this fact that there are many things that God wants to do in us and for us in, in the days that lie ahead. But yet when, when we come to to the the two that focused on the grapes not the giants what a difference that makes. What a difference it makes to, to all that, that, that goes on there. Um, the church in Smyrna we see there the, the grapes of, of faithfulness. Um, there was a, a, a firm devotion. Um, there, was, there was loyalty there. There was reliability there. Uh, and the church was not having an easy time. Um, there was persecution. Um, but they refused to compromise and say that Caesar is Lord. And so that was a big challenge. Could this happen in our country? Of course it could. Um, We can see many people who are trying to, to put other idols in place, who are trying to release new areas of worship. There are many areas of worship today that are secular and people are focusing on that. And even when you look back at Christmas time, where is the focus? The focus is on tinsel, not on truth, and this is something that we must be aware of in, in the days ahead. It was an important city, Smyrna, for the Roman imperial cult, and anyone refusing to acknowledge Caesar as Lord would certainly be excluded from employment and would end end up in poverty. Now, that is quite something, but they were rich. They lived. For eternal values that would never change and this is a very powerful giant to overcome um, in our day they were faithful they stood true to Christ no matter what the government might threaten them to do and you know um, it's something that really challenges me I'm so grateful that in government there are many Christians in parliament and please pray for them in parliament because they're they have prayer meetings i know there are many different organizations who are actually supporting them many churches supporting them pray for leaders in each of the the church denominations as, as they are called upon to possibly um dilute what they're doing and the grapes of faithfulness is one of the greatest grapes to to get a hold of to stand true through every persecution uh, and when I, when you look back you can look at many people I, I my one of my great heroes is corrie ten boom um when when she was a uh, uh, protecting many jews in, in in holland how she was was amazing and the family hid many people there at that particular time i, I can't imagine what it was like um, living in, in in those times he was a woman who was true to the lord and then she and her sister were, were put in prison into Ravensbrook, and, and in situations that I could never fully and utterly understand. And I remember one, one story in, in the film The Hiding Place um, when Corrie is speaking to, to, to her sister who's going through a pretty tough time uh, and she says this, there is no pit so deep that he is not deeper still. And you know, that is something I've never forgotten. Um, and I feel that God is calling us to faithfulness as we go forward in this day and generation. One of my other heroes is, is, is James, Jim Elliott, who was the, one of the five martyrs in, in Ecuador many years ago when I was just in my teens. I read, I read the story about that. And, and uh, here was five men who went in, into the Uke Indians and they were martyred uh, for their faith. Uh, and of course... The joy of it is, of course, that many of them afterwards became Christians. I remember meeting Jim Elliot's wife in Scotland and, and he talking to her about it all and the pain of losing her husband and uh, and the persecution. But yet, there was a faithfulness there that when I looked into her face, Elizabeth Elliot, and, and spoke to her, I, I realised here's a woman who was faithful. There were many giants that came up, as in Corrie ten Boom's case, but... She was faithful through every circumstance. So God is calling us to to focus on the grapes of faithfulness today, even though the chips are down at times. And God wants us to be aware of that fact as we we move forward together. So that's the, uh, the grapes we need to get a hold of that are really fruitful and blessed because these people that I've mentioned, these are people that in their lives and following their lives has have had an amazing impact on many folk who then became faithful witnesses to serve God right through many parts of the world today. So my challenge would be in 2022 is let us focus on the grapes of faithfulness. That's so, so important today that we are faithful. Um, There's a great song that I I remember hearing many many years ago about, about, about faithfulness. People of faith, people you can depend upon. And God is calling us today uh, in our church to have people of dependability, people we can depend upon. And that's the call of us today. And dependable people bring about fruitfulness. The grapes begin to blossom and fruitfulness comes. And God, God is just encouraging each one of us in this new year to be aware of that fact. But then there is the final Uh, grape in Philadelphia the grapes of opportunity opportunity and we see that in Revelation chapter 3 verses 7 to 13 Philadelphia was the gateway to the east the grapes of opportunity it was called Little Athens because of the many temples in the city and uh, the church uh, was situated in a place of tremendous opportunity all those gods, all those idols, just like Athens, many, many gods. And because of their perseverance and obedience to God's commands, a door of opportunity would open up. What I find is this, that in a place like that, where there were many gods and many temples and people worshipping in many ways, when people become Christians from that kind of background, uh, many of them are just passing through these cities like Athens or Philadelphia. Philadelphia. These Christians who were in Philadelphia, whether they were local people or people who were coming through there to worship and they, they came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, they would then move on to other countries. Um, and so can you imagine the ripple effect of that? The grapes of opportunity. Folks, opportunity knocks for us today. Opportunity is a a situation in which it is possible for you to do something that you want to do i want to do what god wants me to do i want to be aware of this fact that this is a very important time in our day and generation and opportunity knocks i just want to to give testimony to this fact that when the spirit of god speaks to you about a a given situation in your life where you are whether it's in philadelphia or anywhere else Whatever the sickness, if he speaks to you, he will will get a hold of you by his Holy Spirit. And even though things are tremendously difficult, he will take you up on that particular opportunity. I give God thanks that there have been key times in my wife's life and Eileen's life and her family when God has opened the door of opportunity. He opened it up for us in, in our 20s when we opened a missionary class and a center in in Hamilton, and and we we, we took it on and people thought, what are you doing here? But 100 young folks came every Friday night to hear about mission because we grasped it and we did it. I think one of the greatest opportunities for us was when we were actually um, um, moving forward in our own way um, and God called us to become a pastor in Dorset. I found that amazing that he would take me down to to Dorset where I hardly knew the language and they hardly knew what I was saying. But in 1980, there was a door of opportunity and Alan and I and our three boys, we got in the car, moved down there and from that particular opportunity, grapes began to grow. Hundreds of folk became Christians. So all I can say is this folks, if opportunity knocks, there may be giants there. Many folks say, why are you going away down there? They don't know you. You know you're maybe going down to something that is not going to going to work out. But if God puts it in your hearts, that's all that matters. And we give God thanks. Thanks now that that in so doing, um, today, folks, is a new day. Twenty twenty two is a new year. I give God thanks for the past, but what's going to happen now in my life? I'm looking forward, even though I'm I'm moving on a bit in life. I believe there are many, many other situations that God wants to open up for me. So all I I, I can say is this: that uh, Great Country is the door of opportunity. That is Great Country. If God is speaking to you about something, let Him mature it in you and, and take you forward. Maybe in this year, whatever you maybe you're doing in in the church, or whatever you're doing as a family, or in your work, folks. Let's live in great country. Let's enter into our inheritance. Sure, there'll be giants there. Um, And some of them will try to knock you over and and, and rob you of the fruitfulness that he he has. But folks, you've got to realise this fact that God is saying, if you persevere and you're obedient to my commands, a door of opportunity will open up for you. That's my prayer for you in this new year, that you would just get uh, aware of this fact. Um, the pillars of the church, as we read about in Revelation, are faithful people who bear his name for his glory. So let's not miss our door of opportunity. Let's not miss out on what he has for each one of us in this new year. I've told you about five giants and, and uh, of churches that just... Lost it a bit, but I've spoken to you about the grapes of faithfulness in Smyrna and the grapes of opportunity in Philadelphia. I would like us to focus on the on the grapes, folks, not the giants. And I believe that if God is for us, who can be against us? Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And you know, as it says in, um, in John 10 verse 19, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. And my prayer would be for all of us in this new year that there would be abundant life in the Lord Jesus Christ and that we would focus on the grapes, not the giants, and that we would move forward together and and see blessing uh, through difficult situations, sure. Even though COVID is still there, Christ is supreme. And he wants us to focus on faithfulness. He wants us to focus on opportunity so that we can move forward in all we say and do. So let's pray together as we close. And let God speak to you. What door of opportunity are you going to give me this year? So let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for your blessing upon each one of us over the past year. I want to thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I want to thank you, Lord, that in many situations when things have been tough, You have come through and you have fulfilled your purposes. I thank you, Father, that greater is he that is in us than he that is against us. And Father, I pray for doors of opportunity to open up for all of us in 2022, that your blessing and your power and your presence would be released in all we see and do. And I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great new year.